Praise the Lord. You are destined to win. God spoke to me in August of 1980 and said to proclaim the word of faith, be a showcase of ministries, and train people to fulfill the word of God. The message that you're about to hear was recorded in a live meeting where the Lord used me to teach the uncompromising word of faith. So open your heart to receive the ministry of the Word of God today, and you will be changed, empowered, and motivated to fulfill the Word of God in your life. Praise the Lord. This is Bill Bailey. You're listening to a tape that has a tremendously important subject on it. This tape is a tape of the Spirit of Faith broadcast for the dates of October the 30th and October the 31st of 1980. Now, of course, October the 31st of 1980 was Halloween. These tapes concern Halloween and the occult, which is a much misunderstood subject by many Christians today. The teaching is from my heart because I was involved in some of these things and because I felt that you, as a Christian, would be interested in this subject. We're making this tape available. I just pray that you listen to the message, realizing that it's not inspiring, it's not as uplifting as some messages that we would teach, because we believe in the power of faith. We believe the just shall live by faith. And we believe in teaching faith, and of course teaching victory, because victory comes through faith in God's Word. But this subject needs to be dealt with because I've found many Christians that don't know anything about this and treat this subject very lightly when indeed it is an abomination to God. And now we'll go directly into the program of October the 30th, 1980. And uh, as I said earlier this week, we're going to do something a little unusual. We're going to depart from our topic of growing up spiritually. We've got a special program today. Uh, concerning tomorrow. You say, well, Brother Bill, what's going on tomorrow? Tomorrow is Halloween. And you say, well, big deal. You know, tomorrow's Halloween. It comes around once a year. Well, yeah, it does. But the problem is a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't realize what is really behind Halloween. And um, I tell you, it hurts me sometimes to see churches and to see Christians that ignorantly sponsor some of the activities that go on during Halloween that, to say the least, has its roots and basis in Satan's activity in the world today and not in the Word of God. Now, I'm not saying their intentions are wrong. As a matter of fact, their intentions are right. Many churches and many groups have things, parties, and so forth to try to keep children out of trouble, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But in, in holding these parties, in holding these events, they do it in such a way that it lifts up Satan's operation and what he's doing in this wor world today, as well as what he has done. Now, as Christians, we should be doing our very best to counteract what he's doing because we have power and authority over Satan. We've been seeing this this past month on the program. We have the power, we have the authority to stop him in his actions, stop him in what he's doing. But we haven't been taking that position. We haven't been taking the power and authority we have. And because of that, uh, things like what's going on right now is going on. And uh, 
I don't have to tell you. I mean, you all you have to do is look through TV Guide or flip on the television and you can see any kind of program concerning the occult, any kind of program concerning witchcraft, any kind of program concerning Halloween. You say, well, Brother Bill, some of them are silly. Some of them are just little cartoons. Some of them are, are these kinds of things. Look, I am. I know they're silly and I know they're not serious and I know that they don't really have that much to do with Satan's real activity. I mean, all of the things about the supernatural a lot most of them are all a bunch of junk and and aren't accurate at all with what's going on but they do accomplish something and that is they train your children to be more acceptant of these kinds of things they accept it more readily and they get involved with it with the real occult and the real supernatural without even realizing it and I know because I'm speaking from experience. I was a Christian, born-again Christian. I was not spirit-filled, did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I was born again, and I ignorantly got involved with the occult. He said, well, Brother Bill, that's hard to believe. I didn't know anybody was involved in the occult these days. Oh, yes, it's very prevalent. And there are things going on that if I told you, you probably wouldn't believe some of them, but they are going on. And it's just undeniable, praise God. I mean... Well, there is a noted occult church that their headquarters is in North Carolina. Not California, not some other country, North Carolina. An occult, satanic church. I, I hear stories by talking to some people. Of course, I, I haven't been out of, out of high school and college that long. I've been out, uh, I graduated in college in 1978. But uh, it hasn't been that long, and I've talked to people who are still in high school, and these occult things are still prevalent even in these enlightened days, so to speak. Yeah, they're enlightened, all right? They're enlightened to some of the work of Satan. But at the same time, at the same time as these things are going on, we're receiving more enlightenment from the Word of God. Now, I do not hear me. Listen to this now. I do not want you to get the idea that I said that Satan's taking over because he's not. He's losing what little foothold he had because Christians are beginning to stand up and intercede for this nation. They're beginning to intercede for those that are in authority according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. And they're beginning to stand in position that they should. They're beginning to pray for the president, those that are in authority. And in doing so, the Word of God promises that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty, and that it's God's will for all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And people are being born again today, and people are coming to the knowledge of the truth of God's Word. And that's tremendous. That's exciting. That's what's going on. But so many Christians that I've found, so many Christians that I've talked to are ignorant of these kinds of things. What really sort of got me disturbed along these lines is this. I was listening to a radio station, I won't say which one, and I heard an advertisement about a Halloween fright scare kind of party where they're going to scare the wits out of a bunch of kids, and the group sponsoring it was an organization, now Lord, you direct me in this, let me put it this way, I pastor a church Word of Faith Fellowship in Salisbury, North Carolina. Okay? Our organization for that church is Word of Faith Ministries. Now, this particular group that's sponsoring this thing is Word of Something Else Bible Studies. 
Okay, it's very close to the name of our church. But let me state emphatically, publicly and over the air, that we have no nothing to do whatsoever with any activities of that nature. For one thing, I as pastor of the church do not believe in frightening kids. Fear is not of God. Now those of you that are thinking, boy, you sure are hard lining on this, you'd better believe it. Fear is the opposite of faith. I am a faith teacher. I teach the Word of God and I teach it in faith. I teach how you can live and operate by faith according to the Word of God because the Word of God says five different times, the just shall live by faith, not by fear. The Word of God plainly says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Anything that produces fear is not of God then. Did you hear that? Anything that produces fear is not of God. God does not want you to fear. Every time an angel appeared, every time uh, there was a supernatural manifestation of God in front of someone and they fell on their face, the first thing they said was, Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God doesn't want you afraid. And scaring, putting a spirit of fear, literally, into little children is not my idea of a good time, and I do not find it amusing, and I do not chuckle about it. Now, there's some people out there I know by the Spirit of God that are chuckling about this right now, and I'm serious as I can be. You say, Brother Bill, you're coming on awful strong. You just wait. I'm going to take today and tomorrow, I'm not going to play any song, but I'm going to take today and tomorrow, the whole broadcast, take it, you know, I had something else listed in the newsletter I was going to talk about, but I'm going to take this and teach on these things. I have already laid out and said in, from the Word of God that we have authority over Satan, and we do absolutely praise God but at the same time, the Word of God plainly says that we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices. I do not want you ignorant of Satan's devices, brethren, and I'm going to tell you some of his devices. Now let's turn today and look at Deuteronomy chapter 18. Praise God. While you're finding that in your Bible, let's pray. Father, I believe that today I will rightly divide your word of truth. I believe that the people that are listening to this program will sense the urgency in my voice. And they'll know that we're not kidding around here. We're not playing around. We're not just just wasting time. This is your time, Father. This is your radio time. And Father, I believe this is the message that you want your people to hear right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I trust that you found Deuteronomy 18. We'll begin in verse 9. When thou thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Now, what is an abomination? You know, we tend to throw around these words from the King James Version, uh, abomination. You know, we don't really know what it means. I mean, we talk about the abominable snowman. I mean, is an abomination some kind of big fuzzy thing, or what is it? Praise God. An abomination in the Hebrew, if you were to look it up in in Hebrew reference materials, Strong's Concordance or something of this nature, you'll find out the word abomination means something that stinks. It smells bad. Well, that's pretty graphic, I'd say, all right? Do you like to be around something that smells bad? Why, no. 
if something is an abomination to God, it means that he dis, he dislikes it so much, so much he detests it and abhors it so much that he it even smells bad to him. He doesn't want to be around it whatsoever. It is a foul-smelling, rotten thing in his sight. Now, I believe you can detect from that exactly what an abomination really is. Now, let's go on and read what these abominations are. Verse 10, There shall not be found among you, any one of you that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. Now, what that's talking about is human sacrifice. And you'd say, well, Brother Bill, I mean, ain't nobody going around sacrificing humans anymore. Yeah, you just read about it in the newspaper. It's buried way back in the back sometimes. But I'm sure some of you have heard about human sacrifices that have taken place in California. Bodies that have been turned up, sacrificed during witchcraft ceremonies. Witchcraft is is real, folks. It's around. It's not just some silly little witch with a pointy hat riding around on a broom. Sometimes you could you could look at a witch and, and see them physically, and you couldn't tell any difference. They don't dress weird. They don't look weird. But they believe in a religion called Wicca. It comes from a word meaning wise ones. And they believe in this religion. And they claim that they worship the trees and the sky and the physical elements, but actually it has its roots in the worship of Satan and what he's doing. It's influenced by demonic spirits. Now let's keep reading here. Or that useth divination. Well, you say, Brother Bill, uh, what's divination? Have you ever seen someone take a forked stick and hold it in two hands and, and move it in such a way that it points toward the ground and then look, start looking for water. It, have you noticed that that's called divining for water or water witching? That's divination. That's part of what this is talking about. It is an abomination to God. It is not of God. Well, Brother Bill, my uncle does that. A friend of mine does that. Uh, I know someone down the street that does that. Some, you know, good old boy out in the country, just as nice a gentleman. He's a deacon in his church. Look, I was born again and a deacon in my church when I was practicing occult practices, when I was working with telepathy and psychokinesis and astral projection. Don't tell me that they can't be involved with an abomination. I was. I had to repent of that. I had to, to give it up completely. I had to burn all the books on the occult that I had, and I had several, and get back into the Word of God. And praise God, it's been tremendous ever since. All right, divination. An observer of times. Now, this word observer of times is very interesting, praise God. What it's talking about here is astrology, observing of times. It's talking about divining the future, trying to find out what the future is or what someone's life is by observing the times of planets as they move in the sky or the moon as it moves in its phases or stars as they move in their constellations. And it's talking about observing these in order to foretell, which is what astrology is, even modern-day astrology. That is an abomination to God. Now, when we come back tomorrow on the program, we're going to pick it up with that thought of astrology. We're going to see in several places, not just right here, but several places from the Word of God, that it is not some kind of silly game, but it is an occult practice. And I believe that these programs, today and tomorrow, are going to be very helpful to you and to your family. Praise God. Now, I just believe that you'll tune in. Now, we're talking about a very serious subject today. We started yesterday on the program. It's only going to be yesterday and today that we'll talk about this, and then we'll resume with our regular study. As a matter of fact, next Monday, 
I want everyone that listens to this program regularly to make sure to listen every day next week. We're going to be talking about the Piedmont Believers Convention, which is coming up November the 17th through the 21st, and it is my privilege to tell you that Brother Ron Kahn and Beecher Moorefield will be on this program as my guests, and I am excited about it. We're going to have a good time in God's Word, and I tell you what, we're all a bunch of characters, so you just get prepared for anything that might happen that next week. I am thrilled with the, the aspect of having them on the program. I just really am excited about that. But now today, we want to take up something, as we saw yesterday, is a very serious subject. And I will want, do want to reiterate part of what I said yesterday so that you'll know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Recently, I heard an advertisement for something that was supposed to take place today, being today being Halloween, that upset me. Because, as you know, I am pastor of a church in Salisbury, North Carolina, Word of Faith Fellowship. Now, that church is sponsored by an organization which uh, we started called Word of Faith Ministries Incorporated. Now, this particular commercial that I heard was an advertising an advertisement stating that the word of something, I won't give the name because I don't want to mention them by name, the word of something, Bible Studies, was going to sponsor a Halloween gathering party, haunted house kind of a deal in which they were going to have scary things for kids. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong, the idea behind it, okay? Please, please don't get the idea that I'm attacking a group or a group of people for being evil or wrong. I'm not. I'm saying they're misguided in one aspect because they don't understand some things about the Word of God, and that's not because they're trying to hurt people. They're not. But what I said yesterday still goes. The Word of God plainly says that God hath not given us a spirit of fear. If you're trying to frighten people, even in jest, if you're trying to frighten children, even to so that they'll have a good time and give them a thrill, inducing that spirit of fear is not of God, folks. That's as plain as I can put it. And as I said yesterday, every time an angel of from God appeared, every time a supernatural occurrence in the Word of God happened and a man fell on his face in fear, they instantly, the first thing they always said was, Fear not. Fear not. God is against fear the same way he's against Satan, the way, same way he's against sickness and disease, the same way he's against sin. He is against fear. Fear. Because fear is the opposite of faith. He does not want to have anything to do with it. And even if it's something just silly, like a silly ghost story or a silly horror story, brethren, the origin of that is not in God. It's the best way I know how to put it. Now you say, Brother Bill, you're getting awfully serious about this. I am, and mainly because, as I said when I heard this, I did not want to get anybody to get the idea that any organization that I was affiliated with was sponsoring anything of this nature, which it is not. Word of Faith Ministries has nothing to do with this. Word of Faith Fellowship, the church that I pastor, has nothing to do with this. Bill Bailey Ministries, this ministry which sponsors this radio program, has nothing to do with any of these areas. We will do our absolute best to tell you what is of Satan and what is of God. Because the Word of God plainly tells us that we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices. We shouldn't be ignorant of Satan's devices. And we were talking yesterday about some of those devices that he has. We talked about the fact that there are things that God lists in his word in Deuteronomy 18, beginning in verse 10, that are abominations to him. 
As we said yesterday, an abomination is something that smells terrible to God. I mean, he, it just stinks. He can't stand to be around it. It is foul in his sight. We left off yesterday. Let me just read verse 10. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his daughter his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God shall doth drive them from before thee. Now that's Deuteronomy 18, verse 10. Now let's go over it as we were doing so yesterday. We don't have much time. I'm not even going to play a song today so that we can get directly into this. We left off yesterday talking about an observer of times. Now we said that in the Hebrew, what this means by observer of times is one who observes the movements of heavenly bodies and their time cycles in order to predict the future. And that's what it's all about. Now, you know, if I were to just say that to you and ask you what that sounded like, Praise the Lord. I believe that you wouldn't have any problem with saying, well, Brother Bill, that sounds like uh, it's talking about astrology. Well, it certainly is. Astrology, yes, even as we know it today, the silly little horoscope column in your newspaper is not of God. As a matter of fact, it is an abomination to God. Now, turn with me to Isaiah 45. I want you to see this. Excuse me, not Isaiah 45. I'm sorry, Isaiah 47. Isaiah 47, verse 9. Now, I'm going to read this because astrology is something that Christians are working with and practicing, and they don't even know that it's of Satan. Now, I'm serious about this. You need to listen to this and hear it out. Isaiah 47, verse 9. And these two things shall come to thee in a moment and one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their completion or perfection, for the multitude of thy sorceries. Now, the reason for that curse was for the multitude of thy sorceries and of the great abundance of thine enchantments. Talking about their involvement with the occult. But now let's keep reading. Verse 10. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, None seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. Therefore shall evil come upon thee. Thou shalt not know from whence it riseth, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. And then he starts speaking sarcastically. And, you know, when you're... When you are are taunting someone or when you are, are speaking uh, of someone in this manner that God is at this point, he's talking about people who are wicked, people who have turned from him completely. And he says sarcastically, stand now in thine enchantments in verse 12. Now, God would not tell you to stand in enchantment when he just said that enchantment would lead you to destruction and misery and was not of him. So he is, of course, speaking it sarcastically. Let's keep reading. Stand now in thine enchantments, and with the multitude of thy sorceries wherein thou hast labored from thy youth, if so be that thou shalt be able to profit, if so be that thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers... Yes, right there in Isaiah 47, verse 13, there it is. That let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from the things that shall come upon thee. Behold, they shall be as stubble, the fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. You say, Brother Bill, that's pretty strong. Yeah, it is. 
And you know what it's talking about? Astrology. An abomination to God. Playing around with astrology will get you absolutely nowhere. You will not grow any spiritually, which is what we've been talking about, growing up spiritually. And as a matter of fact, it will tear you down. Child of God that I'm speaking to right now, I, I see you by the Spirit of God. And I say unto you that you should remove yourself from the influence of that person that is pressing this occult upon you and pressing this astrology down your neck. You don't have to take that. Stand up and be bold and say, that's not of God. I saw it in his word. And they'll flee from you, even as Satan must flee from you when you use the word of God against him. Praise God. Now, that's right from the mouth of the Spirit of God. And whoever is out there that that was for, you take that and act on it right now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Well, let's keep going here. An observer of times, of course, as we said, is astrology or an enchanter. Now, the Hebrew word here, meaning enchanter, means to whisper or encant, one who uses incantations. Then, or a witch. A witch, of course, is someone who is practicing witchcraft. Now, we, we've seen a lot of TV specials and silly kinds of things. Some of them not so silly. Some of them like That's Incredible type shows that show witches, and, and one of them even recently showed a voodoo ceremony. Now, that's straight from the pit, folks. I mean, you watch that and you'll be affected by it. And I'm saying these things are abominations to God. Then let's go on. Deuteronomy 18.11. I know we're running short on time. We're going to have to finish this. Or a charmer. The word charmer here in the Hebrew means one who fascinates or belongs to a secret society. But the main thing I want you to see here is this charmer is actually talking about the hypnotist. Some translations translate it hypnosis. When I was involved in the occult, I was involved in the aspect of hypnosis. Well, you say, Brother Bill, some people use hypnosis for medical reasons. They use it for, for, for helpful reasons. You cannot use a tool of Satan for helpful reasons. It won't work. Amen. Now, you know, that's straight, but that's true. Now, I've got to keep going here. A consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard... The word wizard there in the Hebrew means someone who is a knowing one, a conjurer, one possessing personal power. Now, people who claim to have psychic powers, such as this lady did, who came to Atlanta recently to try to stop murders, and you notice she left in disgrace. She came in with such a big fanfare and said, Now that I'm here, nothing more shall take place. And then now she's left in disgrace. But she claimed to have personal power. She claimed to be a knowing one. In the Hebrew, the word there in the Hebrew is yedone, and it literally is translated here a wizard. That's what she claimed to be. Whenever you see the word psychic, let a red light immediately go off in your mind and say abomination to God. I'm not saying condemn the person. I'm not saying condemn the people. We love the people. We want them to see the truth. But the best way to see the truth is not be ignorant of Satan's devices and get them the word of God. Amen. Or a necromancer. Now, a necromancer is one who seeks or asks of the dead, is the Hebrew meaning of that word, necromancer. Whenever you see someone holding hands around the table with a little crystal ball in the middle, and they're going, oh, Uncle Ralph, Uncle Ralph, show yourself, give us a manifestation, you know, all that silly garbage that people do on Halloween. That is necromancy. And the literal meaning of that word is to seek and ask of the dead, but it also means to worship the dead. 
I would not take part in that. If you're serious about the word of God, I would not have anything to do with that. Because it says, for all that do these things, in verse 12 of Deuteronomy 18, are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations of the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Now very quickly, the last scripture I want to look at is Acts chapter 19. Let's see what in Acts chapter 19, what these people did that practiced these things, what they did to get out of it. Because there are some people listening to my voice that have been involved in the occult, such as I was, and need to do what they did and what I did. In Acts chapter 19, verse 18, it says that many that believed the word of God and confessed and showed their deeds, many of them also which used curious arts. Now the word curious arts in the in the Greek here is the word pieragos, meaning being beyond natural circumstance, supernatural personal power. W. E. Vine says, the arts of those who pry into forbidden things with the aid of evil spirits. Now that puts it about as plain as you can get it. It says many of them which practiced curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it fit. 50,000 pieces of silver, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Praise the Lord. This this Halloween holiday that we're going through right now originally started as All Hallows Eve, a satanic occult holiday. I would suggest that you do not take part in it. Praise God. That's all I'm saying. Hallelujah. And don't don't use this ridiculous little jewelry and, and little pendants and little things that are astrological symbols or little curly Q horns. Those are satanic symbols, folks. We need to really con- seriously consider what's going on around us. I realize this has been a sort of a downbeat program, but it needed to be said. Praise the Lord. The program closed, of course, at this point with that message to the people. Uh, on October the 31st, 1980, on the Spirit of Faith broadcast. I do want to reiterate that this has been taken directly from a Spirit of Faith broadcast program. And, uh, of course, some of the material, as you hear this tape, is dated material. The Piedmont Believers Convention may be dated and some other things that were mentioned. But the message is important. I trust that you receive from the ministry of the Word of God today. If you'd like to contact me, you may write me at Dr. Bill Bailey, Word of Faith Ministries, P.O. Box 5213-5213, High Point, North Carolina, 27262. Or you may email me at this address, Dr. Bill, D-R-B-I-L-L, at W-O-F-M dot O-R-G. If God speaks to your heart about supporting our ministry financially, or you would like to receive more teaching messages from the Word of God, check out our website at www.wofm.org. I believe and agree with you for the full 100-fold return on your giving. I also believe and know that God is richly blessing you and your family every day in every way. Praise God, you are blessed and highly favored.